Hello again, this is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and we are talking Manhattan. We got Mara Flash Bloom here today. We do. This is going to be an interesting talk. We are at the Sotheby's office downtown. I guess this is Flatiron, technically. Flatiron so, District, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Well, 25 years plus yeah. experience over here, and you're a top producer, and you look great, and you're doing amazing business, and I <laughs> want to get you. all those insights in your head <laughs> And I want to share them. I'm going to these share people. them. Okay. Um, so my first question to start this out is, is what's going on out there? You know, I have a little bit of good news for those people out there that are pounding the pavement. good news. Yeah, I think a little bit of good news. There's energy in the marketplace. And um, I have, Mm -hmm. over the past week, I'm sending Mm -hmm. out a contract today. I had a contract signed where the contract was out for four weeks, and it finally got consummated. Mm -hmm. I was working with a very good broker on the other side, and we were able to, to, to get both players to the table with a signature and a check Mm -hmm. Um, it takes a skill set we're not in the market where you open the door and you sell a product you cannot do it those days are gone no we're massaging yeah you know we have to massage the deals you have to think out of the box it's it's challenging and it's exciting Um, I have a contract out now um, and I'm talking price points um, that are in that one four to one five range, mm-hmm. um, below three million. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got like three things going on right now. Is that now. where you think the, the activity is starting to no. pick up? No. Okay. No, I think that the high end is moving. Um, we Ooh. put yes, we put our uh, final. Um, okay, unit. so you're participating. Yeah, in that I'm sorry. We put in, mm-hmm. in at two and two Fifth Avenue. We put our final unit in contract. Mm-hmm. That was in the eleven six right. million dollar market on the sell side. Uh, yeah, on the you know representing the yeah. new development. Okay. Um, so it's our last sponsor unit okay, that good. was um, sold. We're done, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And then I just got. Should I share the news that I you just showed you? You could do whatever you want. Okay. This is a the free news podcast. that I showed today, Spot like today, December tenth. Mm-hmm. Like as we're heading into Christmas, a mm-hmm. contract got signed in another new development that HFC has at um, ninety Lexington. That's great. So I I was just like, oh my goodness. Now did this surprise? I mean. I mean, because the market's been kind of down and out. It's, and, right. So, yeah. but once you see that high end moving, mm-hmm. and you're starting to see the lower end, the lower end, that one one four to two million dollar mm-hmm. market where those buyers are really, really nervous. Don't be nervous. Right. Because this is the time to buy. It, there's, yeah. it, it is. They'll miss the moment. Yeah. They'll miss the moment when the sellers are nervous. The sellers get really nervous around the holidays, mm-hmm. especially if those listings have been sitting on the market for 145 days right. or 160 days. Right. They're getting And you're exhausted. talking about seasonality and right, what happens is, is right around the holidays now it gets slow. And it, It's it, not. I know, but usually it gets slow around the holidays There's, and the fact is, that it's, it's not a, is amazing. It's a, new, it's a new normal out there, which right. is, this, this has been going on for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to historically, because I've been doing this so long, longer than I want to admit, um, we used to have a real slowdown over the holidays. Right. The summertime would get sloppy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it would just uh, uh, brokers would kind of book their flights and fly away. The moment you get on the plane, five deals happen. Yeah. You know, it's just, it just works one, out that way. one of those things. But I think you have to remember, especially if you're starting out now, mm-hmm. that when everybody else is gone, these these are when the buyers have time to go out and look. Mm-hmm. They've been working. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they've been working. That, this is that, the first time that I'm hearing a little bit of enthusiasm <laughs> from an agent about what's going on out well, there. Well, I guess the question I have is, 
did you notice any sort of percolation leading up to the last couple of weeks or so? I mean, have you seen the buyers coming in? Have they been asking a little more deeper probing um, questions about price, about... Um, I think the buyers have been getting educated mm -hmm. and, and they, they're so confused because there's so much being thrown at them, mm -hmm. so many different websites to look at, not knowing where, you know, they're navigating on their own yeah. and they're going to learn that they really need an educated broker. Yeah. Like you have to, as a young, as a young person in this field, or even if you're not a young person and you've been only been doing it like three or four years, mm -hmm. you have to really think about where's my value. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, what do I add to the, the process here? Find your niche kind of thing? Yeah. No, of, 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 to a buyer, what, mm -hmm. what, where do I add value to a seller? Where do I add value? Mm -hmm. What is my skill set? Mm -hmm. And I, if I was starting out, um, from the beginning, I mean, how I became such a good broker, tuning mm -hmm. my own horn here, but yeah, I little, let's, let's hear it. um, because I was a broker's nightmare, mm -hmm. an absolute nightmare. I mean, I, I knew what I wanted and nobody could find it for me. And it was the most frustrating experience ever because back then there were, there were, you couldn't see a floor plan. Yeah. There were no floor plans online. It was five lines in the New York Times. Yeah. And you, know, you kind of knew the neighborhood. So I really learned inventory. So you're going behind pre-street easy days. Pre, yeah. Pre, yeah. yeah, pre-street easy days, pre-internet. So this is like, this is like before 2006. Like, you have to think like it's 1991. Fax I mean, you have to, yeah. Yeah, right. You have to fax listing. You have to think like that now as a broker. Like I, every year it's time it's, we're, we're heading into 2020. Um, if you're out there listening to me, you need to think about your business plan. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is the moment to have a personal moment with yourself and say, what is my business plan? What are my goals? How many deals do I want to make? Where, where do I, you know, and, and put an outline on yeah. how you're going to get from A to B to C to D. And consumers have to see what, what's, what's in your head. I mean, they have to see that you're, you're a consultant for them, right? Exactly. You're, a, you're a financial slash financial advisor. You're a consultant. You're a psychiatrist. I right. mean, all these things kind of play a role in, so, in the, in the so brokers. So you have to look at, you have to, you have to do, if, if you haven't been out there, there's always something to do in brokerage. Mm -hmm. And I think the, 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 the brokers that don't do well, they're not getting out there looking at product. Like right. there's always something to do every day. Right. Every day you get out, you say, okay, I'm going to really get educated on this market, whatever market it is. Let's say you're working, I don't know, the million dollar market mm -hmm. and you want to, and you're working, um, million dollar market in Yorkville. Mm -hmm. You want to become an expert. Right. And in the million the dollar know. market. And let the world know you're an expert in that sector. Because the world will know because if you go out there and see everything in that, you know, right. in that area, you will understand what the market is doing mm -hmm. hey, John, and be able to advise. We right? just had a, a podcast with, with Daniel Gershberg, yeah. um, an attorney, and he was saying the exact same thing. And he's like, listen, you got to go to that buyer in that Yorkville area in the million and be like, listen, you can go to 80 East End and this building has this kind of thing going on and it has this kind of co-op board and it has this kind of a stature among the other buildings. that they can't and read online. Yeah. You yeah. have to know yeah. the corporate culture of these buildings, right. the actual locations. I learned 
back in the day, all the lines of all the buildings. Right. So I knew that if this is the J line, this is going to face this, and this is where it's going to, you know, and right. this is what the light is, and on the low floor it looks into here, and on the high floor it has an open view. You know, you, you if you are so educated like that, right. you can save people time. Yeah. And I think that these buyers are exhausting themselves, educating themselves on their own. And if you can be the go-to trusted advisor, right. that's great. So the, there's that component to, to educate yourself and become an yeah product knowledge in that area and then you have to look it's it's no longer I know um, I've never I've never been a premier agent I, I never got my business that way it's old school for me and it works um, mm -hmm. it you have to go to your sphere of influence. You're talking about leads. I'm talking about leads. leads. Okay. They, yeah. People think they can just buy leads. Well, you, it's not, you can't really make a relationship. What's the conversion rate on those rates? I don't know, but they pay, a, they pay a lot, a lot of money. I feel like mm -hmm. it's it's almost, it, it's it's upsetting to me that, you know, these they're getting kind of sucked into mm -hmm. paying this money to get a lead and then not able to convert. Right. So why not just start with the people you do know and not yeah. be afraid of asking the people you know right. if they know anyone. It's a referral who knows business. anyone yeah. who's moving. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Um, and I think when I, as I, I told you a little earlier before we started, my first listing uh, came in my own building uh, I was doing commercial and a residential property had come on in my building with a broker who could not sell it and so I took on I started with one listing all you need out there is one listing mm -hmm. if you get one listing from that one listing you should be able to three listings right because Re recycle the buyers too potentially you you can you know there might be buy even if you get that one listing and you sell it there's mm -hmm. there's always a buyer and a seller involved or you meet other people in the building and you right. do a good job and they get to know you and you know then you get another listing in a building and another listing then you become your own building mm -hmm. expert and I'm sorry about that. It's so no, this is New York City. People, As you know, where we're supposed to be here. You know, it's the multiplier effect. It's, a, it's, it's the, the multiplier yeah. effect. But, but, but always, like every day, even now, I'll say to myself, "You got to make five phone calls, like two to my network referrals." See, this is great because I mean, yeah. you, a lot of people would say you are already at the top of your game, and yet you're still out there every day. You have calls. to. It's you can't just like go to sleep. A lot of people are looking at the market and they're sort of like, oh, the market's really tough. Like the, the, the sellers and the buyers are so far apart. The sellers are like, I'm going to go to the gym. I can't, exactly. I, <laughs> I'm not going to work today. today. Yeah, I, I don't want to come today. I'm going to stay home. I'm yeah. going to stay. Don't stay home. Go to the office because if you go to the office, you will hear people yeah. who you were just talking about that. Yeah. And when I, in the Sotheby's office, um, downtown you have like an open pool and you can hear people talking and doing deals you can learn a lot that way yeah from brokers i'm very loud you can tell i'm very loud well, so I, people I, I, hear me i don't like the microphone <laughs> it sounds like you're excited about something i mean it just sounds like the markets i mean i haven't felt this in a long time well you know what you, know? you have to make your own excitement even if you're down in the doldrums i'm yeah. even with, with the four of us doing 212 fifth avenue for three years i would be sometimes like the cheerleader like we just you can't give up you can't you have to find the new angle so you have that expertise of going and uh learning the products right. you have your sphere of influence that mm -hmm. you you must tap into 
And then, you know, the other part is you have to have kind of, to be a seller's broker, um, you have to understand marketing. You have to understand how to present the product, what you're selling, and be educated about it. I cannot tell you, I go into a new development, and I've, you know, I've done new development, I do resales, and there's a person, there's nobody at the door. I'm like, hello, hello, anybody here? There's nobody to show. Like, I still don't mind being shown because there are things that are within that you have to look at the product or the, the property that you're selling mm-hmm. and you have to you have to point out what is the best attributes about yeah. that product. So let's say, let's say you're marketing something, there's absolutely no view. I mean, you're, you're looking right into a courtyard. There's nothing. However, there's a lot of charm. Mm-hmm. It's got arched windows. It's got some beautiful finishes. Mm-hmm. The floors are gorgeous. They're yeah, you gotta original. find what sells. It's no? in a beautiful building. You have to act, you know, you have to, yes, there are going to be those negative aspects, but there's negative aspects of everything. And those are the things yeah. you have to say, okay, how can I market to this buyer? who is looking for quiet, charm, you know, use those words, like educate yourself what words sell, Mm -hmm. so that when you pull together your web copy or That's what it's interesting you say that, because that's one of the things that I've noticed on your listings, if I go to Sotheby's and I look at the listings, when I see yours, I don't see an address, I see like, Urban Oasis. I see, like, you know, <laughs> instead of an address, I see, like, a copy. Like, I'm, uh, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta get the message across, well, right? That's, yeah. So that's one of the things that we've been talking about for the last six months, is how do you get that sort of animal herd mentality going with the buyers to say, oh, wow, I can see the value here. And the question I have for you is, when you're trying to find that one thing about that unit, do you ever emphasize price, or are you trying to only talk about the qualities of the apartment? I, I'm uh, the qualities of the apartment. I never sell price. I sell lifestyle. I, ne- I, I no matter what That's the product is. Mm-hmm. I know people think about it. What's the price per square foot? Of course, I know what the price per square foot is, but I don't sell the price per square foot. You're not living in a price per square foot. You're living in a lifestyle, in a building. You have to feel comfortable with the, the price. And so, in, in I know how to sell in a down market because it it's never about money. Right. Money is never a factor in life. Money is fleeting. You can't take it with you, right? So you 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 want to the, the wonderful beautiful thing about owning your own home, the basic thing is you can it, it's a reflection of you. It's you can put your stamp on it. You can put the colors you want to live with. Like you can't do that in a rental. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get the dishwasher you want. Right. You can't get the appliance you've been dying for because you're a cook. So you have to, when you tap into somebody and you listen to what it is that they're looking for, I'm very good at hearing. Like I could put you and if you talk to me mm-hmm. a little bit and you tell me like what kind of space you want to live in, yeah. I could probably tell you where to live and what line. There's a which, consistent what theme here. <laughs> I mean, this, this is, I mean, remember we had Ryan Serhan on the on the, on the uh, group yeah. panel and he's just like, you gotta listen, you gotta listen. Stop talking, stop talking and listen. Let them tell you why they painted that orange and let them tell you why they picked out that cabinetry. Let right. them tell you why they're looking for this type of attribute but and I, this I, type of property. As much as I agree, and I think you do have to sell the lifestyle and the price sort of follows. But at the same time, if the price following is so out of place, it's sort of it's sort of. A do you take place. overpriced listings? If you know a listing is completely out of whack, if you go to that seller and it, let's say it's a four million dollar place, all right, you don't want to lose the listing. 
okay? Um, and, and you know it's going to sell maybe at three, two. Yeah, you can see everything right with it. What uh, would you do? How would you I, I go that with my gut, okay. okay? If the seller is having, if I like the seller, and the seller has Taj Mahal syndrome, um, where they think their property is worth priceless, you know, mm -hmm. like there is no price. The So if they have that syndrome and I really like them, I, I will, and I really like the listing. Mm -hmm. Like I really, I just have a feeling. Cause sometimes you never, like in other markets, sometimes you, you never know who's willing to pay what for what yeah. because it's never about a number. Right. If they really, really want it and they want to secure it, mm -hmm. they'll just pay whatever they have to if it's so, something that's so so beautiful. But that's like the high end. You know, the 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 when I work the high end, those sellers sell when they want to okay. and they buy when they want to, mm -hmm. no matter what the market's doing. So if you have a seller in the high end that wants to sell now and they bought it in 2015 at the height, mm -hmm. they're not gonna make any money. Right. And, and they might and you're lose telling money. That, you're telling these sellers straight up. I will, I will tell them that, but they might wanna try. That's fine, so, and, and would you agree with that? Uh, only if they're loyal. Okay. If, if I don't have a relationship with them, somebody comes in and, and I'm pitching against five other brokers and they want a trophy number. I, I don't have that kind of stamina. I mean, I cannot work for nothing for so a long So you will say no. I will say no. Okay, I gotcha. think you, all you have out there, no matter what price point right. is, your time. time your is time is everything. If you, if, if you, you know, but then you have to look at your whole business plan. You have to say, do I want, um, if you're in the million dollar market and you have a shot at a $4 million listing, but it's really worth $3 million, yeah. do you have the skill set to get that $4 million seller with Taj Mahal syndrome yeah. to eventually right. stick with you when it, you when you chase the market down to $3 million? I have a, I'm bossy. Right. I'm really bossy. Well, sometimes people need to hear it. <laughs> so I will, <laughs> I will tell them we gave them a shot. We had 50 people come through. It's the price. It's right. not me. It's the price. So it's your decision you know when would you make that decision after how long a period of time on the market is there like a protocol four weeks or is it something else um, I usually know after 30 days of showing where if we're at the if mm -hmm. we're at the wrong number for that mm -hmm. time frame and that's just basically people through the door essentially yeah I got, and I generate a lot of traffic yeah. so I get brokers in I get brokers opinions I'll you know Right, as you say, I'll write good enough copy, good enough. Let's 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 go back to that really quick because that's important. Okay. You get brokers' opinions, okay? Agents, if you have a listing and it's not selling, get the opinions of your fellow brokers who you showed to. Get it in writing, forward it to your seller, and say, "Here's the feedback I'm getting from." from other agents and other clients, but do you agree with that? I, I do agree with that, and sometimes it's, I think agents out there that make the mistake, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Forget, I, forget oh, feelings. Oh, I just hurt somebody's feelings really forget, badly forget, last there, night. There's no, feel, there's no crying in baseball, and there's no crying in Manhattan real estate. I, I, you know said, what I'm saying? I said green <laughs> and yellow do not sell. They're like hospital colors. Yeah. They don't sell. You have to know what colors actually sell when they're in there, when right. you're in an apartment. Like, what is the, how do you neutralize it? That's right. why, you know, my friend Cheryl Eisen from IMG is so successful is because she cornered that at a very young age right. of what, um, how to stage an apartment 
to sell. Yeah, people don't yeah. see it, John. I mean, they don't see the vision, right? They don't see. They don't walk into a place that has that has black ceilings and black, blue and yellow, whatever it is, and say, "Oh, I could change all this." They just say, "Oh, this is not my taste." So yeah, and then they say it's not. They, it's not only not my taste. It's like they'll be in and out. They're like, I can't live yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. won't. Yeah. They can't see that the green wall could actually be. I mean, what do you like? Five thousand dollars to paint the whole place? I mean, it, listen. You got bones, right? You got things you can't change about a property. Right. You got views. You got size. You got configuration. You could change a renovation. You know what I'm saying? Outdoor space. I always like outdoor space. I think you got something extra you could sell when you go and sell this place if you got a piece of outdoor space. Um, but I want to touch right back. You mentioned time. Time is is your most critical asset, or something along the nature. Right, that's what you time said. management. I remember when I was um, transacting back when I had hair, and um, John, you were you were with me. We we're working by side. I don't remember the hair though. Yeah, thank you very so much, John. No, no hair can be very sexy, so don't <laughs> thank go you, there. Mara. Don't. And do we're gonna that. end it right over here. We'll see you next time. <laughs> okay. no, so so we did. Our, you know, time is your most valuable asset, and I was always working on the buy side because I find myself I could not get listings. I could not get listings because I told those sellers what I think the place is worth, not what they wanted to hear. And I always had a, a, a sellers come back to me and say, either you're the most honest agent and showing me the real stuff because there's data here, or you're the most pessimistic agent because I had people telling me my place is worth 20, 30% more than what you're telling. It would always trade where I suggested. Wow. So I focused on buy side, right? Because that's kind of was my niche. And for the longest time I was working with buyers and I couldn't tell which ones were going to pull the trigger. And I think the first three years, I must have worked with 50, 60, 70 buyers, and I only did maybe two deals or something. And it took me a long time to figure out how to utilize my time properly and look at, I mean, look, if they're responsive and they're loyal, when loyal, there is no such thing as loyalty in Manhattan real estate, but if they're responsive to you and they're asking questions about what's going on in this sector of the market and that sector of the market, and you send them reports and they say, thank you, this is great, right there. It's that's not the about reports. I'm gonna shut you right down. Bring it on. Okay. Uh, it's about relationships. Okay. It's not about money. It's not about data. Mm -hmm. It's relationships. Of course like you have to be knowledgeable. You're very knowledgeable mm -hmm. and you're talking about all your knowledge Just and your data, whatever. Um, but I don't do that. Interesting. I don't do that. I've never done that. I, I come in, I try to listen mm -hmm. to what they're trying to, what are their real awesome. estate goals? What are your real estate goals? Hmm. Why are you are you asking your are you asking these buyers the right questions? Why are you moving? Right. You know, get to the bottom line. Why are you moving? And you do Is that in the very beginning of every oh my god! Life? I won't even take a buyer out if I don't know what they're. You know, uh, if, unless they're referred to me, uh, I, I need a revenue financial statement. I mean, buyers are walking around with their Taj Mahal syndrome that they can think they can buy, mm -hmm. you know, whatever they can buy, and they can't. It's mm -hmm. it's like they think they're a, you know they think they're a size six, but in reality they're a ten. Mm -hmm. So you have to. You, it's really interesting, and they don't know. And I find. You know, whether they're a professor at a college, uh, not everybody's smart about money mm -hmm. and um, how much money they, they don't know how much money they have, which they is so interesting to me. Do they ask you, what can I afford? Um, I, I, I'm very fortunate to work with very good um, mortgage brokers. So the first thing I do, and you want to develop relationships with mortgage brokers because totally. they can also refer and you and attorneys. And I, I said, have you been pre-approved? It's a simple question. When is your lease up? Do you need to sell to buy? Mm -hmm. Have you been approved by a mortgage broker? 
right. you don't ask those three questions before you take a buyer out, then you're then the only reason why to take this buyer out is to learn the market yourself. Right. But uh, you're walking around with somebody who may not ever be able to so purchase you in that this price month. To the expert. Hmm. Yeah, you, I'm the expert. Yeah. I'm going to show you what's the expert. I am going to show you how to purchase an apartment. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They don't even know, like sometimes, what is required to um, to secure a lease in New York City. It's no. so complicated right well, now. Well, you know, a lot of times, you know, you talk about buyers are sort of exhausted from educating themselves. That's one of the things. They go any site now has a mortgage calculator. You could say, oh, I want the smallest down payment I can get. Interest rates for mortgages are so low. Oh my gosh, I can afford a six million dollar place. Look at that. But they can't. Yeah, but, yeah. can. <laughs> but they can't afford that because they may see the mortgage calculator, but they don't know if they're actually exactly. can pre-approved for that loan. Or the and they don't board. know how much liquidity they'll have after closing, yeah. and um, they don't know what their debt-to-income ratio is, and we don't know what their credit score is, and that's all going to affect what their interest rate is and what you know. It's the same thing with the mortgage calculators. The same thing with like kind of looking on like voyeurism online, not knowing you know which buildings to act actually go to but you know some buyers are I mean I'll I'll, I'll pick up a buyer sometimes um, you know and I do it in such a way you know um, when they're referred to me, so I make a, I, you, you, it's personal like you're getting naked with your are all, is all your business referrals because you said uh, you don't deal with leads really um, they're referrals from like refer from people who have bought and sold with me right. I have those that referral network, and then I have um, Sotheby's has a breadth of agents across the country and around the world. That's bring referrals here. And okay. they they sometimes like you know that they're buying a house in let's say Long Island, and they need to sell their one bedroom apartment here in the city or a two bedroom apartment, mm -hmm. or so that you work that network, and then from that person you get five more people. You have right. to work your mailing list. You have to work. You, yeah. you have to work the, the people in your sphere of so just so everybody can hear because I know a lot of agents but when it comes to mailings and it's it's a double it's a double-edged sword for new agents because it's not an instant gratification type of thing you and usually don't do you don't do one mailing and get three listings out of it, it doesn't work that way it's and it's gotten worse because the post office really isn't delivering the mail so um, but, but you still believe in it um, you know what I I have a marketing plan where I will do mm -hmm. some. I mean, there are brokers that spend two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, and all they do is, you know, mail and yeah. mail and mail. Like some people will respond to it, um, but I think a lot of people just throw it out. So yeah. you, you really, you have to have the the financial wherewithal to make that your mm -hmm. yeah. your piece of business how you're gonna get business you don't have to spend that money to get business right. you Let me ask you, what's, what's been the most consistent um, marketing device you've used in your residential career um, in terms of getting is it, is it picking up a phone is it mailings is it I, I think it's it's being on the phone That's you know if you can give really good phone. Mm -hmm. it's, Great. Give really good phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard now because people are trying to give good text. I know you have to give good text. You have to yeah. figure out. To, you have to be really careful with your emails because emails don't have tone. Well, they last yeah. forever, too, and so and they, they last forever. So, um, yeah, you know, I day. try to get them to call me, 
I mean, that's my skill set. Like I, I had somebody email me, like a, just a direct person on a listing. Honestly, I don't want to bring them into the listing. I represent the seller. I don't want to bring them in there if they're not qualified. Right. Right. So if they're not qualified to go and purchase, then I'm going to, I'm going to steer them to something that they are qualified to purchase. So I do get those leads that maybe can't do, you know, buy what I'm selling, but I can convert them to something else. And you're in that position, you've been doing this a long time, your knowledge at a very high level that these things, these conversations are very natural to you. So I mean, so for agents out there that are trying to learn, you gotta, you gotta get out there, you gotta get the product knowledge, you gotta, you gotta you get that first listing, right? Mm -hmm. right. Try, to, try to multiply that effect into the others, do your marketing, do your mailings, create content, get your niche going on. I'm trying to think of what I missed here. Oh wait, yeah. I want to tell you one, one little quick story. So, you know, in the beginning you make a lot of mistakes. So right now people have email relationships and like you, you you're so data oriented, right? You're just giving your data away. You know, you're typing, I know about this and blah, blah, blah. And you're giving, and he can just, that person could just go and see that listing on their own. Yeah. You're providing them with information, but they may not necessarily want to be represented by you, but they know that they can call you yeah. and get a kind of the intel right. about I've had a couple, I've had buyers is. like that. I've had buyers like that that literally told me that they, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really looking for a broker. I want to do it alone. I love what you're doing. I was hoping I can ask you a question or so and whatever. And I said, you know what? I said, fine. I usually don't do this, but fine. And if you know somebody that's looking to buy, I hope you can think of me and refer him over to me. Yeah. I always handled it that way. Well, no, you have to like, I got that person who did that to me to yeah. actually buy something with me. Yeah, well, me. I wasn't a great salesman. That's why I'm in the data business now and I'm not at the top of real estate. How did you do? What did you what did Because you I'm like, you know, you get to a point where you say, like, I'm giving you this information. I'm qualified to represent you. I want to take you to see this property. Mm -hmm. Let's get out and, t you know, let's meet and, and greet and see each other and yeah. see this. I want you to see she this. Spoke I'm dragging you. She no, spoke to him. I, no, she got him on the I phone. I got him she on spoke the phone. phone. That's I, all she it's did. It's like I emailed, spoke to him, but then I got him out to see one thing. And I always find, this is another skill that I have, you can show them five things of what they tell you they want. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, and then you throw in a ringer. So I want to live uptown. I want... Um, to be in uh, on a Park Avenue co-op, I want a seven room, um, you know, and, and it's somebody that's like an empty mm -hmm. nest or whatever, so I, I did all of that. I showed all of Park Avenue, Fifth Avenue, all around there, and then I threw in a ringer, and I said to my, my buyer so-and-so, um, we're just gonna go on a field trip. Yeah. You know? cool. We're going to go on a field trip. So I didn't even put it, <laughs> I did not put it on the agenda. I said, we're just going to take a little field trip. So we went down to Soho okay. and I showed him a loft in Soho in a part-time doorman building. Mm -hmm. And he walked in after seeing everything uptown that was very, very different. Yes. And it made him you know, I would say it made him feel young. It made him feel... Sometimes they don't know what they want. And, and, you, know? and you know what? And that was it. I mean, it was wow. like we walked in and, and that was it. It had character. It had ceiling height. It had um, location. It had fabulous shopping. I mean, they're European. They're coming in here. You know, do they really want to be... 
yeah. up on Park yeah, Avenue yeah. where they're going to end up coming downtown and going for dinner. Well, you handled it great. You showed them what they wanted to see, so you didn't insult the, their intelligence or insult what their agenda was, and then you said, let's go for a little trip, and you made it fun, so that's great. I think you make it yeah. fun. All right, we're getting towards the end here. Oh, I, I want to talk. I, I want to talk about the fact that you see the market going up because I'm looking at my statistics here on Urban Digs. Um, Market-wide pending sales is up 2% year over year, John. 2% year over year. And when I click to resale, I, I, well, I know, and that hasn't happened in a while. Giving me hope. And when I click to resale, I'm just going to wait for this thing to load up over here. Um, resale is up 18% pending sales, stripping out new developments, 18% year over year. We didn't believe it at first. We had to check this three times to make sure it was accurate, and it was accurate. Um, so what you're saying, and I almost feel like... So when did that, when... Like, tell me, let me go look 18%, at it. when did that just happen? Let me or go, let like me go over see. the last few weeks? We're, we're just up a lot more end of November, early December than we were early hey, December. Brokers are telling me they're super duper busy. Since, How, since, since uh, mid-October. Mid-October, okay. Oh my goodness. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I mean, I so wasn't, like, I've been working like an ever-ready bunny since then, but things are just finally gelling for me now, right. in the middle of December, when... No, and that's another, another good note is that you know you, you do work now and it may take a month or two to actually see the fruition of it. So it's just a classic guy Fox Day bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is it's, it's a Christmas present, right. Hanukkah present for everyone out there. This is awesome. Um, We're running out of time. Yeah. I mean, we could talk all day long, but thank you so much for oh, coming you're on. Welcome. Mara Flash Bloom. We're at Sotheby's, and this is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan. We'll get some more after you, and we'll see you next time. Okay.